immediately, instantly, while people are still using the site, Kubernetes gives you the capability to add more capacity to just one service within the entire stack. And I think that's a game changer. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Esri Australia. To get your hands on more short, sharp, and immediately usable resources, head to the Esri Australia website and search for Goldmine. Welcome to GIS Directions. I'm Wayne Archer. I'm Josh Fenman. And today it's great to welcome back Tar. Tar, the last time I saw you, you were breaking out for a coffee, you were ducking out for a quick coffee, and you disappeared for a year. What have you been up to? Where have you been? <laughs> well, that, and I had a baby. Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Tar. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. It's great to be back. Here we are all sitting back working from home whilst you've cranked out a, an entire new family member. <laughs> I've been replicating. I've done well. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. On that note, I think um, since it's been a while between drinks, I think we can give you uh, the choice of topic for today. Tar, what would you like to talk about? Oh, goody, goody. Thank you so much for asking. I have been going through my thousands of emails and I came across a really interesting term. So how about we talk about, uh, I really don't want to offend anyone by pronouncing this, so maybe we can cover the pronunciation. It honestly sounds like a race straight out of Star Trek. Kubernetes? Kubernetes? Uh, <laughs> where, where do we start on that Where do one, we right? start, Josh? Well, I think we start with pronunciation and um, different folks and different strokes, but uh, I say it Kubernetes. Kubernetes. I think that's the correct way to say it. Kubernetes, definitely, as Ooh. per the Greek word. That's right. It's uh, the Greek word for helmsman or the captain of a ship, which we'll uh, touch on a little bit later there, Tar. Well, it sounds like something straight out of uh, Star Trek, so I am sold. But what is it? Let's talk a little bit more about what it is and why it's important. Well, it's a massive topic, Tar, so um, strap yourself in. And I think uh, in order to get started, Josh, you and I might have a little bit of a history session here. So Kubernetes stems from a Google project. Inside Google, they obviously manage massive amounts of infrastructure to do their thing. And they had a project called Borg, Star Trek hook for you guys. And uh, Borg was donated in a slightly different form to the Cloud Native Computing Foundation as the first project under that umbrella and became Kubernetes. Wow. Of course, uh, if you're a card-carrying geek, you can also spell it K8S for all of those geeks out there. <laughs> Anyhow, how does this apply to GIS? Let's just talk about the problem that it, it seeks to solve. So if you think about, in our world, how you might deploy GIS Enterprise, of course, you could do it on a single machine, but typically in the enterprise world, you would wind up with some big chunks of Esri software on quite a large number of virtual machines. Mm -hmm. And and each one of those machines, regardless whether it's in the cloud or on a physical piece of kit in your data center, sits on top of some hardware, an operating system, a whole bunch of libraries like ARC objects to allow your application to work, and then a big application whole of portal, the whole of GIS server. And if you think about each one of those requires some IT love to maintain it, to nurture it, to patch it, to keep it running smoothly. There's a move to a different way of deploying applications around containerization. Containerization. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. It's a move to bust up these large chunks of application software into much smaller functional components that are leaner, meaner, have smaller dependencies and can sit on top of this 
concept called a container runtime. So you mentioned containerization, lean, mean, green maybe. It sounds like we're splitting up a whole lot of things to make it easier to access. We're thinking scalability, we're thinking ArcGIS in pieces. All of that, Tar. And to some extent, you know, what I described there of turning big chunks of software with all that kind of dependency on hardware and Windows and Linux into much smaller chunks might make you think, well, doesn't that create chaos? If, for example, ArcGIS Enterprise goes from four big pieces into 54 different pieces when it's containerized, isn't that a problem? Well, that's exactly what Kubernetes is there for, to herd those cats, to corral those <laughs> containers and allow you to manage them and get all those benefits that you just described as scaling, lean performance, etc. This is a lot of buzzwords flying around right now. Maybe if I uh, give us a, a brief moment to sort of recap where we're at. So ArcGIS Enterprise is built up of all sorts of individual components, which at the moment live on separate machines, right, Josh? Yeah, so think portal gets laid down on a machine, the GIS hosting server gets on its own machine, the web servers get on their own machine, and, and it just keeps on going. There's been a move in the industry to allow us to package things up in a more reliable and reusable way. And these ways of packaging things are called containers. And this is done for our industry, what the shipping container did for the shipping industry many, many years ago. Instead of unpacking individual little boxes and pallets of things, everybody puts everything into a standard container. The standard container goes on the ship and you ship your stuff as you'd like. This is what containers do for us in the IT industry. What we're talking about here is how it's applied to the GIS industry, in particular ArcGIS, and we're talking about the new offering of ArcGIS for Kubernetes that has been announced by Esri at the recent Dev Conference. It's a reasonable question to say who actually benefits from this, because it, it sounds like a lot of IT and not a lot of GIS. So as a GIS end user, by design, you should not really notice whether ArcGIS Enterprise is running on Linux or Windows or Kubernetes. It should be invisible to you because you're used to working with web maps and story maps. And so the implementation should be a step away from you. The people who this will benefit are IT administrators. So if your organization has invested in this cloud-native approach to their enterprise applications and they're starting to use Kubernetes, then this starts to become a very attractive option. You've mentioned something really interesting there for us within the industry. You mentioned the existing options of Arctic Enterprise on Windows and Linux. So can we talk a little bit more about these existing options and what's different now from talking about Kubernetes and Enterprise? Most of our enterprise architectures these days are, are on Windows platforms. There's a, mm -hmm. a vast majority of them on Windows platforms. We've got uh, large corporations building out these environments to support huge geographic information systems, large geographic networks. So many of them are a high availability and handle extremely large loads every day. And a lot of our time is spent in actually scaling and tweaking and tuning, getting in underneath the hood and twisting the knobs on this system to actually make them perform and work really, really well. And there's a whole bunch of tools that we've developed along the way that we use for that. We've got things that help us to deploy these environments into Windows computer systems or into Linux computer systems or into the cloud. We've got Cloud Builder, which is great for building your enterprise up in the cloud. We've got DSC scripts for those who use Azure and uh, the Microsoft soft space to automate making these machines. 
Now, the fact that we've needed to make that kind of sort of tool set to help us build these large infrastructures should hark to the kind of problems and how troublesome it can be. And I'm really excited about uh, ArcGIS for Kubernetes because what it really means is we're breaking our great big system, which can be hard to scale and hard to work with, down into really, really small consumable chunks. And we don't care where they run anymore. They're small microservices. And I think this is the big thing that Esri have done with uh, ArcGIS for Kubernetes. You had a great story, which was about how a service might scale in the Kubernetes world, which I thought was a really good example. Do you want to share that? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, one of the things that we deal with daily is, uh, you know, massive load to services within our ArcGIS enterprise stack. So let's think, for instance, I know Tar's great at creating maps that go viral. Tar's (laughs) created a map. It's gone viral. We're seeing millions of requests for that map service within our enterprise system. Happens to you all the time, doesn't it, All the time. It's a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as system administrators, how do we deal with this influx of load? Now, with the current structure for ArcGIS Enterprise. ArcGIS server lives on its own machine Mm -hmm. and your map service or your service lives on that server. Mm -hmm. Now that we've got a whole heap more requests coming in, we're going to need to scale that server up. So somehow to handle this load that Tar's gone and created for us, Mm -hmm. we're either going to have to add some new machines in or create a bigger machine or increase the size of the machine that hosts that service. And we have to do that for the whole server. That's a whole new machine, right? Just to scale a service. Yeah, a whole new machine just to power a little bit more load on one service. What Esri have done with ArcGIS for Kubernetes is they've broken the ArcGIS stack, not down to servers, but right down to the very, very smallest chunk itself. You can scale out just one service by adding extra service pods in Kubernetes just so that you can handle the load just for that one service not building out new machines, not great big infrastructure changes, immediately, instantly, while people are still using the site, Kubernetes gives you the capability to add more capacity to just one service within the entire stack. And I think that's a game changer. So we're talking scalability at a service level. At the service level, Tar. So that means that if I have gone from 10 users to say 100 users hitting that one map service, it scales in real time? It can be scaled out at that service and the rest of your things don't get touched and don't get changed whatsoever. If you're someone out there who's familiar with deploying ArcGIS Enterprise on Windows, you have a level of comfort with how that happens, how you either do it through DevOps approaches or you do it through running mm. installers. If I said to you as someone familiar with that, now can you do that for me on Linux? It's very likely you go, I don't know how. There are a very few people like me who um, eat and breathe Linux uh, for a living. So I would say, yes, yeah, sure, no worries there, Josh, but I'm pretty sure most people would run and hide. Don't get me wrong, Wayne, but you're not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that once or twice. But for most people, they would go, well, yeah, if you give me enough time, I could figure out how to do that. But if the challenge ahead was learning how Linux works before you could actually install the software. It's a, it's a big, steep learning curve. Think of Kubernetes as just a new third deployment option, which you have to learn about Kubernetes to be able to use it effectively. And that's why um, this will only mean something to you if your organization is thinking about cloud native and Kubernetes, because it just won't be something you do as a discrete application. It's gonna be a kind of strategic thing. 
And I think that term just there, uh, and we're hearing it being banded about quite a bit, you'll hear it uh, at the Esri Dev Summit and in the videos that we've got up on the site, is that cloud native idea. So we've got the idea, as Tara said, of installing ArcGIS onto Windows, installing ArcGIS onto Linux. Now we've got the idea of installing ArcGIS into the cloud where we don't care what operating system it is. We just care about deploying it into the cloud. And the new tool coming down the pipeline is ArcGIS for Kubernetes. And that'll allow us to publish into the Azure cloud, into the AWS cloud, into the OpenShift cloud, which is an open source on-premises solution for cloud provisions. And eventually it'll also be released for the Google cloud as well. So correct me if I'm wrong here, to summarize what I understand, it seems like there's been a need for this for some time now. We're looking at scalability, we're looking at attracting as well as communicating with the masses. So I guess my biggest question really as we were going through this is why now? And it seems that it's taken a little while to get here because Esri did the right thing. They broke down the massive enterprise stack into the smallest pieces and it allows us to manage them as individual pods. Now, am I right in saying that, Josh and Wayne? Hit the nail right on the head there, Tara. I think you know Esri could have um, taken the easy route and gone, okay, well, let's just wrap our existing server-based sort of mentality up in some Kubernetes wrappers. And that probably wouldn't have been that popular because it wouldn't have given us the benefits that we've just talked about of mm-hmm. you know, fine-grained scalability. Josh, I know you've had a play around with it, so I'm really keen to hear what your takeaways are. Where have we come to from your perspective? I'm impressed from the work I did with the uh, betas and the pre-release. This is honestly a, a, a massive engineering effort to do what Wayne just described, to break it up into something that can be um, run as microservices. And you're right that scalability was a key driver for that, but there's also some others, which perhaps less obvious, but one of them is uh, the ease with which you should be able to do upgrades and updates. That suddenly becomes a much easier proposition using standard Kubernetes concepts. It is important to say, you know, this is the first release. So the release coming out with 10.9 this month will be the first release of ArcGIS Enterprise on Kubernetes. For the moment, this really is something that should be considered as a strategic option, not a functional gain at this point in time. And it's really more a call to arms, I think, Josh, to keep your ear to the ground. This is a new term that you're going to hear more of. And so I think my tip today is listen out for that word. Doesn't matter how you say it, whether it's Kubernetes or Kubernetes, listen out for that magic word because you've now got a conversation starter that you can add to the mix that will actually throw some real weight behind it as far as improving and uh, future-proofing your GIS installations. We'll also put up on the podcast website some links to introductory material about Kubernetes itself. And that's it, folks. Some short, sharp, and immediately usable tips that will help you master the wonderful world of Kubernetes. And if you're going to hit the ground running with these tips, you'll obviously want to head straight on over to the gisdirectionspodcast.com.au website, where we'll throw up all of these links and uh, links to a little bit of a primer for Kubernetes and a 101 on containers. Now, if you are enjoying this podcast, please make sure you jump onto Apple or wherever you get your potties and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Potties, I love the term there, (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks for joining us and happy mapping. Till next time. Till next time, guys. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Esri Australia.